Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Joy Project. I'm Krista Avampada, your host. And every week I say we need joy now more than ever. And every week that statement gains more truth. Joy is medicine. I learned that going through breast cancer treatment during the pandemic. And it's one of the things that motivated me to make this podcast for you. One thing I love about this podcast is learning about hobbies and interests that I know nothing about. And today's episode is a perfect example of this. I met our guest through a storytelling Facebook group that we both belong to. He filled out the form to be a guest, and when asked what brings him joy, he said, old-time radio shows. I used to collect tapes of them in middle school and still listen to them to this day. When he said old-time radio shows, I imagined old Abbott and Costello bits like who's on first. Do tapes of those even exist anymore outside of dusty old archives? I don't even have a device that plays CDs, much less one that plays tapes. Though I'll admit that a good mixtape was one of the joys of my childhood. Radio shows like Abbott and Costello is exactly what he meant. And that classic isn't even the tip of the iceberg of the rich history he shared with me in our conversation. So settle in and take a trip back with me in time as we chat with the hilarious and entertaining comedian and old-time radio show aficionado, Zachary Lennon-Simon. Zach, welcome to Joy Project. Hi, thanks for having me. Where are you joining us from today? Joining you from my bedroom in Crown Heights, Brooklyn. I'm also a New Yorker, so I love talking to other New Yorkers. I feel like in this city, we definitely need it after what we've been through the last couple of years. So I'm excited for more joy in more places. <laughs> Absolutely. So Zach, I want to start this conversation the way I start all the conversations on the podcast to ask you, what brings you joy? If we're talking New York, it's going to be pizza. Pizza's always brought me joy and maybe too many calories. Since I was a kid, old-time radio shows have been the thing that has brought me the most joy, which is something that I am definitely too young to have gotten into. It was definitely something I got hooked on at an early age. Still listen to them to this day. I don't know anything about old-time radio shows. Tell me how you got into <laughs> them. Do you remember the, the first time you heard one and what was so special about these old-time radio shows? First of all, uh, hardly anyone does know about old-time radio shows, so you're not alone. Um, I don't have to I feel find... badly. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I found... Myself then and, and to this day, a little out of step with my generation, <laughs> like kids in my class would be like, oh, did you see the new Hey Arnold episode? I was like, no, I was listening to uh, Abbott and Costello from 1947. <laughs> um, <laughs> old time radio shows are basically just radio shows from like the 40s to the 60s. Everything was radio before they invented the TV. The first ones that I really got hooked on as a kid was my parents loved showing me black and white movies, like old timey um, screwball comedies or Westerns and science fiction things and things like that. This was kind of like an extension of that because they had a show back in the 40s called Lux Radio Theater, where they would do a condensed audio version of a movie that was playing. So you could hear this and be like, oh, this sounds pretty good. I can't wait to see the movie someday. They were audio trailers for these movies. Yeah. And it would be the full movie. Huh. Yeah. So you'd hear a whole, like an hour long movie with, and it was performed in front of like a live studio audience and with like a live orchestra. If it was a comedy, you heard lots of laughs and things, which was really fun. Found out later, listened to the radio version that my parents bought me on cassette. And then I'd go to the movie Rental Door, uh, Hole in the Wall video on Court Street. <laughs> I would go pick up, watch it, and I some of the movies I'd notice like, oh, these things are very kind of different because they had to, you know, make it obviously more audio oriented than visual. So I always remembered my favorite detective movie growing up was like Alan Ladd, Virginia Mayo. 
in this movie called This Gun for Hire, where Alan Ladd's like an assassin. And they have this great part that I loved. And I would like, I would imitate it <laughs> throughout my whole house. Whenever like someone would be walking around, I'd come up to them and there's like this henchman who's like whistling in the house. And Alan Ladd's like, you know, it's bad luck to whistle in the house. And it's always like, it's always like these very old timey voices that I, I got so hooked on those accents. And the guy's like, who are you? He's like, I just told you. Bad luck. He's like, and he dies. And I was like, that is such a cool line. It's so cool that he said that before killing that guy. I love it. And I like was so excited to like watch the movie and see my favorite line. And it wasn't in the movie. And I was so confused by that as a kid where I was like, why would you not have the coolest line in the movie? But it was obviously because they went for more visual uh, murder scene, which also very good. <laughs> Do you have favorite episodes, favorite radio shows? Oh yeah, absolutely. My parents who are so kind and encouraging for me to have such weird habits, they got me a subscription to every month they'd send you a CD with two episodes, like a sampler pack of different radio shows. And you get like a little binder um, that you could keep them in and they have little factoids about each one. So I sampled a, a whole array, you know, of radio shows from back then. So I, for comedies, I really liked Abbott and Costello. They were so like funny and had like fantastic banter and wordplay was uh, a favorite of mine and then I really got very into this show called Suspense which was like an anthology type kind of like the Twilight Zone but for radio it was so cool because they would they would every week have a Hollywood guest star so you could hear like Lucille Ball being like very dramatic um, and each story was like set with this kind of supernatural tone to it and it was like tune in tonight for a tale well calculated to keep you in Suspense and they would go bum bum it'd be brought to you by my sister and i love the advert uh roma wines <laughs> made in california for your enjoyment throughout the land and i i love it so much i had like a best of collection and then i would just buy like more and more collections as i like kept listening to them i enjoy it. i don't really watch a lot of scary movies but i love these kind of old timey short stories with like pretty simple gimmicks for a while i got really into welcome to night vale mm -hmm. i went to their live show and they put out a book i'm also an auditory learner if <laughs> i go to a lecture years later i can almost verbatim recite back one reason like i love podcasts i love listening oh, to, wow. i listen to them all day long while i'm working do you think as somebody who is steeped in the history of these radio shows yeah. do you think there is like our podcast the modern version of that do you think this idea of like a narrative podcast will find more popular I felt like it was popular for a hot second and then kind of faded away a little bit but I I think there is something so interesting about that art form and I'm just wondering like what you think of even like more modern day takes on radio shows I absolutely agree. I love Night Vale is one of my favorite ones. It definitely has that kind of old radio vibe. It was like an eerie, weird show. It's so funny. I think I struggle to get into like narrative podcasts because I'm comparing them to these NBC radio shows from the 40s where I'm like, oh, well, the acting here is so good and the direction and the sound stuff. And sometimes like I, I'll listen to an audio podcast or an, like an audio narrative one. And I'm like, oh, it's, it still sounds off to me something about the acting is like a little too actable I don't know what it is but I hope you know I'd love to listen to more 
modern versions of what I've been listening to forever. I think that would be a really cool way to continue this tradition. The interesting thing about like old time radio shows is they really got killed by TV. Like once a TV was wheeled into everyone's living room, there there wasn't much of a market. And some of them tried to like do the leap of being like, we'll do what we do, but on TV. And it didn't. So I'd love it if podcasts <laughs> could kind of bring back that mantle because it's so fun. I also just, like you said, I'm more of an auditory learner and I like being able to just kind of kind of like you get a little clue of what's going on and your mate your mind makes up the rest of what it looks like which I sometimes prefer tv or film I also love audio books I've listened to a lot mm. more than I ever used to in the past like these past couple of years especially I'll listen to audiobooks while I'm out on a walk or I'll be making dinner or yeah. cleaning the house and I have an audiobook on and I I love it, especially either when like the, the narrator does all of the different voices or you have different voices coming in. And I do feel like it just brings that text to life in a way. When you think about old time radio shows, is, is what's the comparison with audiobooks? Oh, that's a great question. That's probably why my parents got me radio shows is because I loved reading, but I loved audiobooks more. Like I would fall asleep to a different book every night. I think the difference kind of might just be the like sound design in radio shows I feel like audiobooks is it's mostly just the voices themselves without like you know a little like <laughs> footstep kind of thing someone walks into a room or someone slams a door like you actually hear the sound effect right in the radio show mm -hmm. yeah and it's I think I mean depending on the audiobook now that I think about it because some like the A Series of Unfortunate Events books by Lemony Snicket. Mm -hmm, I do. I love, and I love that whole story. Yeah. I love that franchise. I loved the film. I, ju I just, I love that whole world. What did you love, especially about that audiobook? All done by like Tim Curry. He narrated it, but he like had different voices and tones for each character and then one for the narrator. And then like each, or not episode, <laughs> each book began with like a, an original song by Stephen Merritt, like about the book you're about to hear. And I think that was more like a very nice setting of the stage and kind of like an old timey showman kind of way. I mean, other audiobooks I've read, Mr. Penumbra's 24 hour bookstore. Yes. That one, I listened to the audiobook of that one on some road trip. And I was astounded by like this like simple trick where the narrator had a regular voice, but then the book within the book, he would like transition to that voice. And then there's a twist late in it. I don't want to give, <laughs> give it all away where those two voices kind of met. And I was like, whoa, I don't know how I would have experienced that on the page, but like odd audibly, it was incredible. It flew me right back old suspense episodes with Agnes Moorhead where you were like, oh no, here it comes. <laughs> there is something so suspenseful about just having the audio. Another thing I love is any kind of like celebrity memoirs. And like a lot of people are reading their own memoirs. To hear somebody's intonation or their emotional state as they're reading some part of their story, to me, it yeah. just adds a whole nother <laughs> layer where you really do feel like, oh, they're they're talking to me. Like they're, they're sitting down next to me. I hope that that kind of audio storytelling, I'm really hoping will somehow make a comeback. And I agree with you, like nobody's quite cracked it yet. Like the way that there was this real fandom around these radio shows, but I absolutely think there could be. 
possibly I think the most famous one is um, War of the Worlds by Orson Welles, where he, that was like more of the most experimental ones with the, you know, craft, because he took the short story by H.G. Wells and he turned it into like, the first half is all done like as a faux radio show, like a faux news program. They have a broadcaster and an orchestra and then they keep being like, uh, we bring you now to Hackensack, New Jersey, where there's a report of a strange uh, saucer flying in the air. And at the time, some people, you know, they would have tuned in to a different program and then tuned back into CBS. So they missed maybe the intro of like, this is War of the Worlds. So they thought it was a real show. And so there was a like small panic um, amongst radio listeners where they actually like were running out of their house thinking like aliens were above back in New Jersey. It's an incredibly active, very well done um, show. So start with that one. Um, for suspense, I would definitely check out um, Agnes Moorhead in Sorry, Wrong Number. It's, she's such a crazy actress. Like she gets so fully, yes. like you were talking about like, it takes a very specific talent, you know, to just bring it to your ears. She gives it everything for years. And I like, I've seen pictures of her where she'll start in like full makeup, nice hair and glasses in the beginning of a show. And by the end of it, it's like everything, like her shoes are on the other side of the studio because she's getting so like hysterical and so into this character of um, this like invalid woman who overhears on the phone a plan of, uh, someone's wife being murdered and she's like desperately trying to figure out who it is so she could save their life but also like try to see where her husband is and it's like 30 minutes of like white knuckle suspense I, I listen to it all the time it's really incredible how does somebody find those recordings it's so nice to have YouTube I think you could just type YouTube suspense sorry wrong number it probably type pop up there are downloads if you're like a download person on like archive.org really good resource I'm a big completist so right now I'm trying to listen to like every episode in <laughs> broadcast order of some of these shows and then if you want to be like a real weirdo like me Radio Spirit still exists um, you can buy <laughs> their last five CDs that they have on sale I don't know Zach I feel like we should do something to like stage a comeback for these for these radio yeah. shows I feel like I there's something I, kind of magical I admire them so much for what they're doing <laughs> they're keeping me alive almost should we just hire like a, a car with a giant bullhorn <laughs> and play some episodes drive around new york city and imitating agnes Morehead. <laughs> yeah did these radio shows were they performed in front of a live audience for suspense they were alone because it was so you know dependent on like sound quality and uh, some episodes were written by like ray bradbury which is like an incredible find uh, and I remember this one called like the screaming woman, which is terrifying. It's this like little girl who like in an, like an abandoned lot keeps hearing this like howling screaming woman. Um, and the sound is so like chaotically terrifying to me as a kid. They wouldn't record in front of studio audience A because it would scare the hell out of them. <laughs> um, they just hear audience members be like, oh God. Um, <laughs> but also they had to like control the like, you know, the 
audio and the voice but the comedies and stuff would be that would be like the sitcom of the day is like let's get some people in the seats in a vaudeville theater and we'll record our little like studio comedy or radio show comedy and they would also do it for the movies as well there's some very funny like audience actor interactions sometimes because it's all like live right it's all it's all broadcast and movie actors aren't used to live so sometimes they would flub a line and it's it's very funny to hear that back in the day I feel like wait wait don't tell me was also trying to tap into that a little bit right I always felt like that felt like an old-time radio show right even though we knew it was it was obviously being filmed (laughs) today but that kind of live element of you were never quite sure what was going to (laughs) happen or or what people were going to say there were a few of those like NPR ones like um a prairie home companion that felt like it was kind of like an arch old-time radio show type thing of like we we know it's hokey and we're going to kind of make fun of it but we're also going to do it this great live show called the thrilling adventure hour that would be incredible like two and a half hour live shows where each half hour was like a different spoof of a old-time radio show so you'd have like a western or like a space adventure or favorite was like the ghost detective show there are some but it very much feels like it's a niche thing which i don't mind i've realized in life you know the things that bring me joy might not be the most popular but they don't have to be. <laughs> it's so true. That's what I love about and what, what I'm so interested in with this podcast and talking to so many different people about what brings them joy. And like specifically what you, when you wrote to me and said, oh, I want to talk about old time radio shows. I'm like, oh my God, I never even thought about that. And I, I love that joy can take like all those types of forms and it can be whatever you're into. And it doesn't have to be something that's massively popular. It doesn't have to be something that anybody even knows anything about, right? It's just these shows that sort of bring you back to your childhood, but that you rediscovered as an adult and that you continue to just have so much appreciation for it, which I think is terrific. Zach, thank you so much for joining us. I know that you're also a comedian and a performer. And if somebody wanted to know more about the work that you do, how would they follow you? How would they, how would they find out about what you're doing? They can find me on Instagram. That's where I usually am these days at Zach Lennon Simon, all one word. Sometimes I do storytelling shows, pandemic (laughs) willing. Uh, (laughs) That's what I do mostly storytelling and comedy shows things like that i used to host a um a pizza review show on youtube <laughs> you'll see a, a bob ross looking guy and that's me <laughs> as, as a true uh pizza aficionado who would eat pizza every day of my life if i could prevent myself from getting to be like 500 pounds doing it um i am going to yeah. go to youtube immediately and look up your pizza review <laughs> youtube show great to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining us. And I can't wait to listen to all of these fantastic radio shows. And I really think we have to figure out how to bring them back. Goodness, I have all kinds of nostalgia now for this bygone era. This episode made me want to dive right into an audio only time machine and be part of these productions. We owe a lot to them, the precursors to today's podcasts and audiobooks. If you want to get a taste of these shows that Zach loves so much, there are loads of ways to listen for free and a huge community of fans out there for them. Zach mentioned YouTube as a great option. There's a YouTube channel called Old Time Radio Shows with almost 12,000 subscribers. And on there, you'll find shows like Sherlock Holmes, The Lone Ranger, and one of Zach's favorites, Suspense. There's another one called Old Time Radio Archive. Its fan base is even bigger with over 33,000 subscribers. Suspense is big on there too. 
along with other classics like The Green Hornet, Gunsmoke, and Dragnet. MakeUseOf.com recently wrote an article with some other resources. I'll link to them in the show notes for this episode on KristaAbampato.com slash joyproject. There you'll find links to Relic Radio, Vintage Rocket Radio, Internet Radio, Pumpkin FM, and RUSK, which stands for Are You Sitting Comfortably? In addition to having old-time radio shows, the site The Internet Archive is a nonprofit library that has literally millions of free books, movies, software, music, and websites. It's an incredible resource for any kind of media you're looking for, and you can get to it at archive.org. If audiobooks are your thing, did you know your local public library has many options that are just a few clicks away? I use two apps for public library audiobooks. One is called Libby, and the other is called Cloud Library, both completely free to use by entering your public library card number. It's a tough world out there right now, friends. We've got to take care of our well-being so we can take care of each other. So if today's world's got you down and you need to escape into a good radio, drama, mystery, or comedy, we've got you covered. If you tune into any of these resources, let me know what you think. You can find me on Twitter at KristaNYC, on Instagram at KristaRoseNYC, and through the website for this podcast, KristaAvampato.com slash joyproject. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I hope it gave you a spark of joy to hear about Zach's love of old-time radio shows. A big thank you to Zach for joining us and opening up this world for me and for everybody who's listening. If you want to check out everything Zach's doing, you can find him on Instagram at Lennon-Simon and on Twitter at ZachLennonSimon. He made a short documentary that's on Vimeo called Frantic Delicate Summer. Again, all these links will be in the show notes for this episode at kristaavampato.com slash joyproject. I'll be back in two weeks on Tuesday, July 12th with another interview episode of Joy Project. And until then, take care of yourself and take care of each other. I hope you have a joy-filled week and I'll chat with you soon.